0: Hello, and welcome to Someday We'll All Be Dead, a podcast where we talk about all the things with a social work perspective. I'm your host, Hallie Harris, and I'm a hospice social worker. Today, we're going to do something a little bit different. I want you to imagine a Caucasian woman in her 30s with a round face, soft-spoken, and a giant smile. That is how I remember her. That was Gina Latshaw. We've done coverage on this podcast about procedurals, and I would consider myself a murderino, as they call it on uh, my favorite murder podcast. And oftentimes they'll ask, they'll do coverage of murders, you know, just like Dateline and all of those other shows. Uh, But they also ask for hometown stories. And I did submit this story actually a while back, uh, but I didn't hear it on there. And I always wanted it to be on there, mostly because I want her to continue to be remembered. But now it occurs to me recently that maybe she deserves a more personal touch. So even though this show, this this podcast is not intended to be any kind of true crime podcast, because Lord knows there's enough of those out there, and they do a much better job than I do. Today, I'm going to cover the death of Gina. She has been really heavy on my mind in the past couple of weeks. And I'm guessing it might have to do with the fact that her anniversary of her death is coming up. It's just around the corner. And it's funny to me that somehow someone that I didn't even know that well can be such a presence in my life sometimes. I think about her often, not just around February. But this year, for some reason, I've been thinking about her a lot. But maybe that's just because it was Gina. Her quiet presence stuck with me. And when I think about her, I don't think about her death, but I think about her big smile. So at the end of this twisted tale, please don't take away her trauma, but take away her joy. Six years ago, on Monday, February 8th, I walked into work. I was pretty early. I get there pretty early before everyone else. And there's just a few people there from the night shift. And someone walked up to me and said, did you hear what happened to Gina? Before they could even tell me what it was, it felt like someone had just kicked me in the stomach. They said she was found dead. And during the next week or two, the details would unfold. But in that moment, all I just felt was a pain in in the pit of my stomach and sadness. Gina worked in our communication and IT department. She was in charge of the company's cell phones. And honestly, I didn't know her that well outside of work. I knew that she always got veggie burgers when we had our company barbecues. They always made sure to have one or two burgers for her. That she was smart and kind and quiet but friendly. And she always had the biggest smile. And I will post a picture of her with her giant smile um, on the page when this episode releases. So you can enjoy that smile as much as I did. What we first heard was... Uh, that maybe it was a robbery gone wrong. Her 16-year-old stepson had come home from somewhere and found the door open to the apartment. He'd been interviewed by the local news along with her two other stepdaughters and was telling the story, but there was just something a little off about the way that he was telling it. It was just that feeling of insincerity of sadness, and I couldn't quite put my finger on it at the time, but it didn't take very long for the police to figure it out. And here are the events as they kind of unfolded as I'm watching. And a trigger warning here. The story of her passing is chilling. Uh, Her stepson, Brad, had been off of his meds. Uh, I want to interject here that the lifelong history of his mental illness was something she had been trying to help him with since he was really in diapers. The story of how that all unfolded and how she ended up with him. You can read in articles. I'm not going to get into all the details of that, but just know that throughout his entire life, she had been having him, you know, in and out of institutions when he had had hallucinations, he had had violent tendencies before. And so she was well aware of how difficult his uh, mental health illness was going to cause issues for him his whole life and she absolutely never gave up on him she would never ever give up on him no matter what happened uh when he had been off his meds it had been about a week before she died uh pretty intense and long-standing mental illness um she had i think four years before that he had had a clay figure of her that was beheaded and he had had on and off hallucinations and delusions that she was trying to poison him. And that is what was happening at this moment. Uh, he had just been increasingly agitated, paranoid thoughts. And at some point had thought that he, she was trying to poison him. Uh, Gina had good reason to be fearful of him. And she had one of those security bars on the inside of her bedroom. That kind that goes from the floor up to the door handle and locks in place. And she had had that for a while. Um, She had gone to bed that night, and Brad had stayed up. He'd waited at her door and listened to be sure she was asleep, and then used a coat hanger and slid it under the door and dislodged the security bar. And then he continued to wait and make sure that he could still hear her sleeping. That's really my only consolation at this point is that she was still asleep when he then entered the room, and struck her in the head with a dumbbell. He then tried to cover up his crime by making it look like a break-in. They did end up finding the dumbbell down in the garbage by the apartments. He wasn't very good at covering it up. Brad was arrested, I want to say, a week or two later. It was pretty soon after. Uh, Had eventually... First pled not guilty, but then eventually did plead guilty to first-degree murder. And he's still in prison, which actually kind of makes me sad. Um, I don't believe, even after this, if Gina was able to be summoned back to life, I don't think that's what she would have wanted for him. I think she would have wanted him to get treatment and be committed. And it's just tragic all around that now... You know, this has happened after her lifelong fight with him, you know, trying to get him well and get him the help that he needed. And now he's in prison where he's very unlikely to get any of the help he actually needs. So neither one of them win. And now the family's without her and without him. I attended her funeral. Um, She had a very unique kind of floral inlaid blue casket that I'd never seen before, which was unique, just like her. And it was really a testament to her character because it was standing room only in that chapel. I met with her fiance later on and I, I met her best friend and they were both amazing and told me the story much longer of all the other different kind of trauma she had had in her life and struggles. and, And through that all, she had been so resilient and wonderful and loving and never lost that resilient spirit that she had. And I know that they miss her. And I know that, you know, I'm not forgetting her, so I know for sure that they will not forget her. So this is just a quick, short episode to say, here's to you, Gina, a wonderful example of a human being. And this story should serve as a reminder to never take your relationships for granted. You never know what's going to happen, even if it's an accident or it's a natural death or it's a suicide or it's a murder. We just don't know what's going to happen. So please don't take each other for granted because someday we'll all be dead.